The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show. Today, you'll hear the truth in wealth building from the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. The truth in wealth building knowledge is brought to you every week on the Financial Focus Radio Network. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simone. It's that guy over there. He's Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Summer is trying its best to get here, but it just seems to be that it might be a little bit longer. Maybe I think the first day of summer is the 20th or the 21st of June. Maybe it's going to wait until the actual start of summer to arrive. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. There's not much we can do about it. Uh, good morning, Mr. Finelli. How are you doing? Good morning. Uh, this weekend, the Oregon Beavers, Oregon State Beavers host uh, the Auburn Tigers in Corvallis for the Super Regional. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Maybe Troy will make it over to that. But uh, So anyways, hopefully, uh, you know, that Auburn team is on fire. They have the best hitter in college baseball. He looks like Homer Simpson, but he hits absolute bombs. <laughs> it's so fun to watch because uh, he just looks like a, a beer softball guy, but then he just hits tanks. Uh, but Oregon State has good pitching, so it should be a good weekend in Corvallis. Let's hope the Beavers make it back to Omaha. Uh, on paper, they should, but it is still baseball, and we know how that goes. All right, let's talk about the week that was. Uh, of course, we had the usual suspects in our client base calling because, uh, you know, Mar everything's going to heck in a handbasket again. And We're back to the beginning of we, May. We need to make changes, but after we had that 6% up week, we want to know where they were. Uh, it, it astounds me. It literally astounds me how bad of investors retail and so-called professionals are at this game. It is, it is I mean, it, you know, you, I want to say Buffett's genius and Buffett, all this stuff. And he is, obviously he's really smart, but like his genius is doing nothing when all of you want to do something. It, and I, I can't believe that every single time we get a market sell-off, so many investors think that this time it's different. We know what happens. We know the playbook. We know the story. History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Uh, and so all of these recessions and market corrections we've had over time, you've lived through those. You've been investors. You know how it works. Yet sometime, every time we get the sell-off, uh, we get the same reaction. Everything was awesome again until it wasn't. Now, it's the, the sentiment shift the last couple of weeks has been pretty crazy to watch it all play out. And it's not just retail. It's the doofuses that are so-called experts on CNBC that change their tune week to week, day to day. It's mind boggling. I feel and like it, we had professional consensus that the bottom was in <laughs> and which is like, what? Until, until the inflation print. Yeah. Like, okay, well, okay. But you know, like for me to try to think that I can guess a bottom or top is asinine. I'm never going to do it because it's, it's, it's not doable consistently over time. So why the idea that there are so-called experts that can predict short-term market movements is ridiculous. Well, Mark, I think the market and professional investors alike desperately wanted the narrative that inflation had peaked to be true. Well, and, of course we want it to be true, but that doesn't gonna mean it's going to be true. I mean, I was, we'll talk about this in a second. I was pretty surprised by how big the inflation print was. But again, that's why I don't try to pick market, short-term market movements, because I can't pick all the variables that go into making markets move. And sometimes when you think a certain thing you know, like let's say inflation or whatever, some da economic data point comes out and you think the market should do this and it does the opposite. That's why we don't try to do it. My father-in-law is famous for saying to me, oh, I read or, uh, you know, they're saying it Goldman Sachs. And when he says that, I think, okay, Fred, you know what? I'm going to do the opposite because these so-called experts, while they might have fancy degrees from fancy schools, they're really bad. And I'm not just saying that anecdotally. Statistically, they're really bad at predicting markets. So let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were down four and three quarters percent. So a rough week 
in the markets, international developed markets is where we saw really a lot of pain, down about 8% in the international developed markets. Emerging market stocks were down 2.5%. U.S. small caps were down 4.5%. We saw a huge move in the interest rate markets, mostly on, later in the week. We, uh, the aggregate bond index was 1.5% lower on the week. So to think about... Uh, you know, this so-called safe part of people's portfolios being down 1.5% in five trading days is a big, big move in the bond market. And the aggregate bond index continues to have a really bad year. The worst year it's had in almost everybody that's listening's lifetime, uh, so which meant the 10-year... Well, no, in everyone's lifetime. That's listening, yeah. Yeah, so 1842. The 10-year the um, is now at 3.16. Uh, it was 20 basis points higher last week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but relative to the absolute yield it's a big move it's now above the high we saw not so long ago uh gold was unchanged last week believe it or not 1878 ounce, and oil was up about one percent at 120 dollars and 54 cents a barrel so oil uh and and josh and i again i just railed on people making predictions but you know all, all the signs are pointing towards oil going even higher as we head into the summer although they just shut down shanghai again so who knows uh so the big news last week and why we saw all the volatility uh was we got the may inflation report which i have to say i was quite surprised i was in the camp that you know josh and i were in the camp that uh inflation was going to start to moderate <laughs> and I, that certainly I kinda, didn't happen i kind of lost that belief seeing the sell-off sure you on. did after the report came well out. no no on thursday you know i mean the whisper number is always out there and uh, you know the sell-off on thursday sort of i think prepped me a little bit for that blockbuster number on friday but no but we whew. thought we've we've been thinking you know for oh, the last I thought it was month or so over, yeah. that that inflation through the summer would moderate into the fall uh, and man, that, that still may happen right i mean the fed could could do a lot of uh demand killing uh by getting much more aggressive with interest rate hikes but uh the main inflation number year over year was 8.6 percent if you took out food and energy which i don't know why you would uh it was up six percent um, so we don't really see at this point how a recession isn't going to happen. The Fed really has two choices, right? They can have stagflation in the U.S. economy like we saw in the 70s, which would be an absolute nightmare. Or they could just kill demand by continuing to raise race interest rates, but really get aggressive about it. Um, you know, maybe the next rate hike is 75 basis points rather than 50 basis points. Um, and that would really cause risk assets like stocks and crypto and commodities and the housing market to really roll over, which would kill some of that wealth effect that still exists out there, and that would kill demand. Now, we talk about it. The Fed can't do anything about the supply chain problems, but they can do something. Haven't they boxed themselves into a corner, though, by essentially telegraphing 50 bips in June? You know, we're a week out. We're, I guess, not less than a week from that. Another 50 basis points No, you know what would be more effective is to really kill the demand, which is what they have to do at this point. Is to say 50 basis points and do 75, we would see a real sharp sell-off in capital markets. I, I think that's probably an unlikely scenario just because they've put Why, because so... they're not grown-ups? Well, they don't like to take medicine? No, I mean, just because they've telegraphed that they're going to do exactly what they say they're going to do, and they've been fairly good at that they over might the last have to couple change, years. They might so... have to change the tune. They're not dealing with inflation. They're just not. I mean, I think that maybe, you know, with the June... With the June meeting, they say 75 basis points is on the table in September and prep the market for it. Or they could just be adults like Paul Volcker was and just do the right thing and do, kill the demand side of the equation and inflation would go away. And then we would have a recession. And then long term, the U.S. economy would be much healthier. That's what the real Fed should be doing. Instead, we have these patsies that are wimps that think we can have this ridiculous soft landing. Soft landing means stagflation. But when I mean, when you did dissect the number, the shelter being a third of CPI, shelter being worst in 30, 30 plus years, uh, you know, that going forward is likely going to stop pretty soon with five five and a half percent more 30-year mortgage rates so uh there's good news down the pike later but uh they needed to happen sooner obviously uh, the other thing we talked about this uh in the couple of seconds we have left this market sell-off is and we've talked about this we did it on our e-news this market sell-off is mirroring what we saw in the late 90s early 2000s we saw uh risk assets getting way too expensive uh, because we had an accommodative Fed, the Fed raised rates six times, and then the markets rolled over. Uh, and that is exactly what we're seeing here. Uh, and in that market, just like we are seeing now, uh, not everything is getting obliterated. The really expensive stuff is and should. And, and if you're in the camp that you think you can hold on to this stuff and it's going to come back, good luck with that. 
All right, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short five or six minute video where we talk about all things capital markets and how that affects our clients' money. We're going to do one next week. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Let us know you'd like uh, our e-newsletter. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Federal Reserve and quantitative tightening, what that means and what it means for your money. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Clamoya Casino is having a huge celebration this June for their 25th anniversary. Over $60,000 in cash and prizes will be given away. One lucky person will win $10,000 cash, with three others taking home $5,000 cash each on June 25th. Plus, they are giving away silver bars on Fridays, silver bars and coins on anniversary kiosk Thursdays, and you can get the tool of the week on Sundays just by earning points. Join us this June at Clamoya Casino, where winning comes naturally. Fourteen years ago, a group of educators sat around my kitchen table talking about the learning experiences we wanted for our children. The result of that conversation was the creation of a new approach to education, one that serves over 900 students each year in grades 6 through 12 throughout Central Oregon. Hi, I'm John Bullock, Executive Director of Redmond Proficiency Academy, and I'm here to share why RPA might be a good fit for your family. At RPA, education as unique as you are is not just our motto, it's our mission. RPA has been revolutionizing education since our founding. Using our proficiency-based model, college-style scheduling, and our RPA Anywhere program, RPA provides the flexibility and freedom for our students to design and own their education. With the addition of free transportation from CET and the ability to play sports in their home district, students find RPA to be the best combination of education and lifestyle for a great experience. Limited openings are still available. To begin the journey to your new future, visit rpacademy.org. That's rpacademy.org. Education as unique as you are. Before I was adopted, I felt alone. I felt nervous that I wouldn't have a family. I was getting older and older. I didn't think I was going to get adopted. With help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, Lexi, Connor, and Lashona now have a forever family and the foundation for a bright future. When I was adopted, it was like, wow, I get to settle and this is permanent. After I was adopted, I felt happy. Adoption changed me for the better. I feel like I can be whoever I want to be. Every child deserves a safe, loving, and permanent home. Help the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption find forever families for children who have been lingering in foster care the longest. Learn more at DaveThomasFoundation.org. Looking for your own place without breaking the bank? Your search is over. Wild Horse Mesa in Prideville offers your choice of two- and three-bedroom affordable apartments. This brand-new community boasts high-end finishes, air conditioning, washers and dryers, and a private patio or deck. Meet new neighbors in your Central Oregon oasis at the pool, fitness center, or club room. Wild Horse Mesa has every comfort of home in a brand-new package. Google Wild Horse Mesa for details. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Financial Focus Radio Show on our social networks, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Listen to past shows, get our daily market blog, and keep up to date on market happenings. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. <coughs> Excuse me, Financial Focus Radio, thanks for joining us. If you would like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your estate plan, your financial plan, your investment portfolio, whatever is on your mind. 
Uh, to get one of those scheduled, call our office. If you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, the number is 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just let us know you'd like a free retirement review. All right. Um, uh, Gary Gensler, who is head of the SEC or commission chair of the SEC, uh, he had, he made the news last week, um, and he wants a sort of more transparent auction system that is going to improve the prices uh, for end clients uh, when they make trades on different custodians. So, uh, you, you, so I like this. I like that Gary Gensler. Uh, a lot of the things that he's doing. The the one thing that's good about Gary Gensler is he understands the markets he's regulating. So many times, they put regulators out there to regulate markets that they don't understand. And Gary Gensler is the exception to the rule, which is a good thing, especially for the end retail investor. Yeah, he's a very, very bright guy. He has a very broad agenda. It's almost like he's trying to tackle everything at once. Which that's, is that's really hard to complaint. do. Yeah. Yeah. But so one of the things he took on, he's taking on right now and made the news last week is we've talked about this on the show a lot uh, in recent years as a lot of these uh, custodial platforms, Robinhood, Fidelity, they've gone to uh, free commissions. You know, you can supposedly trade stocks and ETFs free on their platform without paying a commission. And we explained how they're really getting paid more money by routing your orders to the different high-frequency trading firms than they would if they charged you a commission. So, you know, it, at the end of the day, you're getting worse price execution on the security you're paying because there's a middleman in there uh, essentially arbitraging the price. And so over time, by paying so-called so zero commissions at a zero commission firm like Robinhood, you were actually paying more in transaction costs over time that was costing you more money than just if you had paid the $8 or whatever it is at a different custodian. So Gary Gensler is saying, uh-uh, no way, no more. We're going to make that more transparent. That's not going to go on anymore. People are going to understand the true cost uh, that they're paying to buy and sell something. In fact, the SEC did an analysis, um, and and they found out that people would be better off paying a $5 commission on an order of 100 shares on Robinhood than if they did it for free. Uh, the the average loss of an order was about 15 bucks. Uh, when you traded through Robinhood versus pay, you know, through the extra fees that were associated. So, and of course, good for him. Remember, that's because Robinhood in the aggregate is selling all that data to a firm like Citadel or Virtu, and they are front running, picking up pennies in front of you, and it's virtually risk free money for those firms. Risk free, yeah, just profit for them. And the idea that, you know, I, I mean, I think we learned pretty early on that nothing is free truly free, but the idea that people thought they were going on these custodial platforms and trading stuff for free, and they didn't question why it was free is so laughable to me. It's not funny, but uh, believe me, that's where a big source of their revenue was coming from. Um, and they weren't doing anything legal, quite frankly. It was just like nobody sort of understood it, even though we tried to talk about Robin, it a lot. Robin Hood's unique in that it, you know, this last quarter, they managed to lose $1.5 billion on... 1.2 billion in revenue. <laughs> they're unique in their sleaziness. Is that what you mean? <laughs> they have an astonishing ability to lose money. Because they're, run by, being they're in... run by doofuses. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. They are not Charles Schwab. All right, so let's talk about quantitative tightening. So uh, there's a, an interesting interview last or two weeks ago with um, JP, Jamie Dimon, who runs JP Morgan, the biggest bank in the United States. He has done a very He's done a fabulous job running J.P. Morgan, building it, building it into the biggest bank in the country. He has a long history in the banking world, uh, but he's also, you know, sort of the closest thing we have probably in the future to Warren Buffett when Warren Buffett's gone to talk about, you know, big picture stuff and, and give us perspective. And he talked about a hurricane and uh, one of the things, and I and I've been talking about this, and it's and it's really sort of looming out there. That is this big thing that nobody ever really talks about is quantitative tightening. So, Josh. Why don't you explain to people uh, first what quantitative tightening is, and then I'll talk about why uh, I'm so nervous about it. Well, remember QE, uh, you know, we've had multiple rounds. QE was quantitative, quantitative easing. Quantitative easing, and that, you know, started, Ben Bernanke <laughs> was the father of quantitative easing, and the intention of quantitative easing was, of course, to stimulate a wealth effect, and what it entailed was buying uh, assets, you know, it started with just treasuries and it got expanded in uh, successive iterations to buying mortgage bonds, but the Federal Reserve literally just added a zero at the end and added bank reserves. So 
uh, the Federal Reserve was out there with imaginary money, money they just created on a computer is pr pretty much the easiest way to explain it, uh, buying assets, buying real assets. In the market. Yeah, so they're buying, buying bonds issued by the U.S. government, and of course that lowers borrowing costs, and if they're not buying it, you and I can't go buy it. So, uh, you know, what do we do when we're not buying the bond? We go buy something else. So their intention by doing that was to push investors out the risk curve and drive, you know, the price of real assets, whether it's property or stocks, higher. They were also doing the same thing in the mortgage market uh, in the wake of the COVID crisis. It's the first time they expanded it to that, that particular security. But the Federal Reserve was out there. They were the biggest buyer of securitized mortgage debt in the world, and they were doing it with money that didn't exist before they actually bought it. And now the Federal Reserve's balance sheet, the central bank of the United States balance sheet, is $9 trillion worth of treasuries, some corporates, and mortgage-backed securities. And so that's on there now. Now they're going to be selling those in the market. So the Fed raising interest rate, short-term borrowing rates, the overnight lending rate, is nothing compared to $90 billion worth of bonds now going onto the open market as it relates to affecting interest rates. So you say to yourself, well, why is the Fed threat of raising rates, moving markets, mortgage rates, everything higher so quickly? It's not that. It's the threat of quantitative tightening. So think about this. For, for 15 years now, we've had central banks around the world practicing some level of quantitative easing. So we've ha we have these big, big institutions, the buyer of, of last resort, manipulating markets by artificially keeping interest rates low and making money free. So there's a whole generation, Josh's generation, thinks that that's normal, thinks that, thinks that low interest rates is a normal environment. The, the emergency level of interest rates we've had for 15 years, they think that that's normal. Well, now, the, that not only is that buyer going away, but the buyer is going to become a seller. So think about what that's going to do to interest rates and how much higher rates are going to go uh, from here. Now, there's the thought that, well, the rest of the world is still stimulating, so our rates will look relatively attractive. But it is a, a tsunami of bonds coming onto the market. And in order for those to bonds to be attractive to us as financial advisors for our clients' money and the rest of the, the investing world, rates have to go higher. I mean, that, that's, I'm not buying a tenure at 3.16 for our clients. So maybe I buy a tenure at 5%. Um, but think about what that does to so many businesses and assets that depend on zero rates, that, whether it be in the housing market, the commercial real estate market, or the stock market. And that's why you're seeing so much volatility. That's why we wholeheartedly don't believe we've seen a bo bottom in risk assets. There's just, just no way with quantitative easing, easing that, by the way, doesn't start until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, my personal belief is that they'll do some version of what they did in the mid 20 knots which was uh they called it a twist and they'll somehow moderate the pace of balance sheet reductions because you're not going to unwind 15 years of policy in a year yeah they could if they're grown-ups but they won't you're right all right if you want to be part of the show give us a call 877-670-7117 or go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email we come back we'll tackle some of your email questions so stick around Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. up to 50% on select items. It's the summer kickoff clearance sale going on now at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch We're just what the country needs This weekend, Coastal is going to save you time and money with our summer kickoff clearance sale. You'll find some of the biggest savings of the year in stores only, including these Coastal discounts. Buy two, get one free on all Country Companion 50-pound feed. 
Plus, save up to 50% on a big selection of discontinued items from outdoor power, automotive, home improvement, outdoor living, hardware, tools, animal health, and more. No rain checks, all sales limited to stock on hand. It's the Coastal Summer Kickoff Clearance Sale with plenty of savings throughout the store. Going on now through Sunday at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. Get a great deal on Kubota tractors, rated number one for reliability in the under 100 horsepower category. The versatile lineup offers an optional climate-controlled cab and all the performance-matched attachments you need. Right now, get a Kubota compact tractor for zero down and 0% APR for 84 months. Now through June 30th, cab available on select models. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com offers for full disclaimer. Stop by Mid-State Power Products today, located on Highway 97 South in Redmond. Sun River Owners Association presents Turf Tunes, a free concert and variety show series every Sunday from 3 till 6 p.m. starting June 19th through July 17th at Sharks John Gray Amphitheater in Sun River. Turf Tunes is fun for the whole family and supported by SROA, Sun River Brewing Company, Best Best, and Krieger Attorneys at Law, Sun River Chamber of Commerce, Coastal Farm and Ranch, and this station. Visit sunrivershark.com for more info. That's sunrivershark.com. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. The Ben Factory stores are geared up for your Father's Day shopping. Columbia Sportswear has great gifts for dads starting at only $21.99. Eddie Bauer, the perfect spot for the outdoorsy dad, has great deals on polos, hiking shorts, and tees. And Pendleton has class styles that dad loves made right here in the Pacific Northwest. Shopping made easy and value in every store. That's how we do Father's Day. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. In today's expensive real estate market, it's easy to wind up paying too much for a place to live. That's why Alpine Meadows Townhomes is a smart move. They have washer dryers in the two and three bedroom units, designer kitchens that please, one, two or three bedrooms and approved pets allowed. They're more affordable than all those brand new townhomes. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes on Northeast 6th and Bed. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. There's an easier place to find affordable housing in Bend. Discover Mountain Glen Apartments and make them your comfortable home. Mountain Glen Apartments are conveniently located with washers, dryers in their two and three bedroom units and designer kitchens. You can pay more, but you cannot get more value than at Mountain Glen Apartments on the corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. To learn more, Google Mountain Glen Apartments. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get straightforward financial advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows by going to financialfocusradio.com or download our smartphone app today. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, my name is Tyler Simonis. That fella over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Uh, this comes from FHFA. Uh, existing home prices in the United States have risen for 43 consecutive quarters through the end of the first quarter of this year. So from 6.30 of 2011 through 3.31 of 2022. How many more quarters do you think that's going to persist, Mr. Finelli? None. You think that Q2 we won't see... Uh, an increase in house prices nationally? I do. Uh, yeah, well, beyond beyond the end of Q2. I mean, we've got 20 more days. To, the inventory story is too overwhelming, but uh, going into Q3 and Q4, that streak is over. i probably agree with you on that. Uh, this comes from the Schwab Modern Wealth uh, 
survey, and this is a question. Uh, what do you think the average net worth needed to be considered wealthy in the United States is today? Accor according to a thousand individuals that Schwab uh, interviewed or surveyed this year. Mm, five north of five million. Mm. Uh, less than half. It's two point two million. So really? They have, and these are people that are on their platform. So like liquid wealth, excluding. Net worth, average net worth. Oh, including primary residence. Wait a minute. Our producer's drinking beer while he's recording our show. What's happening? <laughs> excluding, uh, excluding primary residence? It just says average net worth, so that would so be... Including? That would, yeah, that would 2. be... 2.2? Yeah. Woo. Oh, you're showing your bougie side. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. But I mean... Whoa, Joshy. He's well, showing his bougie side. But the median house in Bend is 770 grand. Well, this is the average in the country, not Bend. I know. You got to change your skewing. We get distorted a little bit. You, you understand, too, most of those people that own the $770,000 houses, they don't own them. The bank owns them, right? Whoa. So to say net worth, if they have might only have 300000 in uh in equity... It's still a long way off. I'm uh, curious, you know, Bend is, you, I would imagine that two thirds of homeowners in Bend could not afford to purchase the house that they now live in. Probably true. Probably true. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see when prices decline, what happens to the Bend housing market. Last time it didn't go so hot. All right. Uh, we got an email from a Judy in Bend. Uh, Judy says, my daughter just had my first grandchild. Congratulations, Judy. Uh, you'll get to find out why being a grandparent is so great. You get to see them and then leave them. Uh, I'm wondering what you guys think the best way for me to put aside money for him is. Uh, I mean, first, I would immediately start a 529 plan. Um, that, I think, education is the best investment you'll ever make. And, uh, you know, experience the wonder <laughs> of compounding when they're first born and let that money compound for 18 years before they're going to embark on hopefully higher education. But... Uh, beyond that, you know, whoa, whoa, Judy's like, what's a 529, Josh? Well, 529 is just a tax advantage <laughs> college savings plan. So, um, it, you know, we, in the interest of full disclosure, we don't actually use the Oregon college savings plan, Tyler or I. Uh, we both use the uh, Vanguard Nevada plan. Uh, the reason for that is ultimately that the fund costs themselves. Uh, will eclipse the tax benefit you'd get from... It's a tiny tax benefit anyway. Yeah, so, you know, what we would say, let that money compound tax-free and come out tax-free on qualified educational expenses when your new grandchild turns 18. But, so, Judy, that is uh, for co for college savings for the most part. The other option, and both our kids, have, Josh and my kids, have the same uh, thing. It's called a UTMA account. Uh, so let's say, you know, uh, your new grandson wants to, you know, go to, you know, Europe for one summer when he's in eighth grade or, or something uh, that you can't use the 529 for that, but you can open what's called a UTMA account. Uh, in my kid's case, they both have one. Uh, they a UTMA account is it's just a Uniform Transfer and Minors Act. It's just essentially a trust for a kid, but setting the cut, uh, account up s sets up the trust. Uh, I am the trustee of both my kids' UTMA accounts. Uh, they have to pay taxes because it's a taxable account. So uh, my account, my kids' accounts are uh, big enough now that they're kicking off enough dividends that they're having to pay taxes. But they pay the taxes at the minor rate, so it's a lower rate. Tax liability is not much, and it's good for them to sort of understand that tax, uh, how that works. Uh, but then once they reach the age of majority, which is in the state of Oregon, 18 years old, those accounts become theirs. Um, Finn's no going to spend that down on his gap year, right? On his probably some Italian sports car, but yeah, we'll see about that. Anyways, so those are those are the two sort of best options uh, for, for saving for your grandson. Uh, one is the 529, like Josh said, the college savings plan, which is a great option. Think of it as like the Roth IRA, assume as long as he uses it for college. The other thing, Judy, you should know that if you have more grandkids, you can transfer that 529 money amongst bloodlines. So if, if your first grandchild doesn't use it for whatever reason, uh, you can transfer it to another grandkid if you have them. So 529 is probably the best option if you if it's for college savings. UTMA is for other things, and there's no contribution limit in the UTMA account. Okay, um, we got an email uh, from, it doesn't say who it's from. I have a financial advisor, but I want to have fun with my money, <laughs> even if it's in just investing $100 in a hot stock. Do I need to tell my advisor I'm investing my way without him? 
I mean, I would say no. Maybe you'd disagree with me. Uh, you know, speculation is inherently fun for a lot of people. And uh, with with a trivial amount of money, I don't think that you do. Um, if you're talking about more than a rounding error relative to the size of your investable assets, then I think you should definitely inform your advisor only because it may let them make adaptations to the rest of your asset allocation, <laughs> keeping in mind that you have funds invested, you know, and maybe you're just indexing that money and, you know, it's tough to, what I think the, the crux of the issue ultimately is what proportion is that quote fun account relative to the rest of your investable assets. And if it's a meaningful percentage, then I would definitely inform them and enable them to make the, uh, you know, subsequent changes to your actual invested assets that they manage themselves. Well, so I would say the only reason I would say this is something that's okay is if you totally look at it as entertainment, it, it, the equivalent of going to a movie and spending money on a movie or some other form of entertainment. But I will remind you of this. And so I don't think you should do it. And I don't, I don't think you should. You don't think you should, I don't you think, should tell them? No, I don't think you should do it, period. Because how do snowballs work? When you put when you start with a, a little, a little uh, a snowball in your hand, right? <laughs> and you're at the top of the hill. And you start to roll that down the hill. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Every piece of snow matters. Even the part at the top when it was very small. And so... Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world, and you want as many dollars contributing to the compound interest as you can. And so $100 at 8% over 30 years becomes real money. But it's like that interactive brokerage, com interactive brokers commercial where the guy's like, well, sometimes I just want to make a trade on my own. Yeah, because it's a stupid commercial. I get I, it's a stupid commercial in terms of like, what I get that interactive broker wants that guy's trade wants him trading and then they maybe can get some hooks more hooks in him. I get that's the point. But the reality is assuming your advisor is indexing or you're indexing, put every penny towards indexing and do something else with your time for fun. There's, I mean, it's just there's a, the math is undisputable. Now, again, if it's purely a form of entertainment, but you're not going to find the next Amazon. Statistically, you have a better chance of winning the lottery than you do finding the next like unbelievably great stock performer. So, uh, again, I, the eighth wonder of the world, as Albert Einstein famously said, is compound interest. So every dollar that you can afford to save should be going towards the compounding of your money, which means indexing. That's in our world. That's what it means. Uh, and so, you know, like, you know, I don't I don't care about you telling your advisor or not. Uh, you have to ask yourself, um, you know, you should have the conversation with your advisor. And I guess one side you could get the answer that Josh gave. And then the other side, you could get the right answer, which is the one that I gave. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, if you listen to my advice, you'll be able to buy a lot more cool things or give your kids more things or grandchildren more things way out in the future. If not, I guess you'll get a tax loss. So you'll benefit it from now. So. Same same thing as a game. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you want to take us up on a free retirement view, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 in investable assets, call our office to get it scheduled, 800-743-0988. Or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with the Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Amazon Skill. Just add the KBND Skill to your Echo Smart Speaker and say, play KBN. That's it. Clean, static-free sound, no matter where you are. Use the new KBND Amazon Skill with your Echo or Alexa or Ziggy. It's easy. Play KBN.
It's that time of year when tons of rental fleet vehicles pour onto our lots. It's the annual spring rental reduction sale, and it's happening right now at Hertz Car Sales of Bend. Fresh inventory arriving daily, plus all vehicles have been marked down. Every single vehicle's price has been reduced, but it's only for a limited time. It's the spring rental reduction sale at Hertz Car Sales of Bend. Visit us on Highway 20 at the base of Pilot Butte, or you can find us online at HertzBend.com. If your construction project needs rock, a lot of rock, or a little rock, big rock, or small rock, we need to talk. We're Knife River in Central Oregon, and our rock is now closer than any other rock because we recently took over the Shevlin Rock Pit on the west edge of town. That means we're only a stone's throw away. Close by for a quick trip to your job site. Close by for multiple trips to your job site. And our rock is your rock. Aggregate of all types, from three-quarters minus to riprap, big boulders to screen soil. You name it, we're rocking it. Knife River will deliver to your job site or load it up for you to take it away. That's our version of curbside pickup. Come and get it at the new Knife River Chevlin Rock Pit on Northwest Skyline Ranch Road or call for delivery. Attention all truck drivers not driving for Knife River. You should be. Call 541-388-0445. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. Learning Express Toys wants to keep the kid and each of us happy. They want it to be easy and fun to make your kid's birthday party the best. Check out Learning Express Toys' website and explore their birthday box registry. Kids can make their own wish list of favorite toys, and then you can share the birthday box registry with family and friends. That's Learning Express Toys. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet. joining financial focus radio show the truth and wealth building call the show anytime at 877-670-7117 we'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks now back to the team from northwest quadrant wealth management welcome back thanks for joining us on financial focus radio uh, my name is tyler simonis that guy over there he's josh finelli and we are partners i'm excited Actually, I'm really pretty tired, if you can't tell, but it's a, it's been a long week uh, answering some ridiculous phone calls from clients about markets, so uh, it wears me down. Uh, Josh had a funny one on Friday that I was mocking him for while it was happening, and it, it, he really probably didn't appreciate it, but it was pretty funny. And ironically, I was saying the same thing that the client was saying when the client was saying it, and I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this comes from the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Uh, this is not good news historically. This is not a healthy thing. Uh, it's funny to me. So we're above a mortgage office and a real estate broker's office. And so, um, you know, it, it, the percentage, we have the highest in the state of Oregon per capita real, realtors to, to how many people live in Bend of anywhere else in the state. Um, and, you know, every everybody and their brother became a realtor over the last five years. Uh, and when you talk to these people in this business and I understand probably why, but they're in denial about what's happening. And, and I, you know, I would just tell them like, there's nothing you can do about it. So you should probably accept the reality of the circumstances and be more forthright and honest with your clients or prospective clients uh, so that they believe you out in the future. But the median American household needed 38.6% of their income to afford payments on a median price home, which is the highest percentage since August of 2007, which we know what happened after August of 2007. So when the percentage of somebody's income is this high uh, relative to paying for their, their uh, housing, it is a very unhealthy situation. It means house prices 
are way overpriced because we have seen increases in uh, income over the last year. It you know, hasn't necessarily kept up with inflation, but we have seen real wage increases in the United States in the last year. Uh, not real, but uh, you know, we've seen them happen. I mean, anecdotally and in the data. Uh, and when so much of somebody's uh, income is committed towards their housing, it means that house prices are way overvalued. And historically, that means house prices have rolled over. And I can hear all of you screaming at your t- uh, radio like that I'm crazy and that I'm wrong. But uh, all asset prices uh, are dependent on interest rates. And when interest rates go up, that means asset prices have to adjust down. Uh, it's like, as Josh says, it's like gravity. Interest rates are like gravity for risk assets. And that's what we're going to see uh, in the housing market. I mean, m- higher mortgage rates is going to affect the housing market. I don't, I'm not buying the supply story completely. And, uh, you know, the reality also, though, is that you have a more stable society when median incomes are a relatively correlated to house prices. Yeah, house prices and incomes have to go up together. And when a big percentage of the American population literally can't afford to get on the housing rung ladder, You're going uh, it to, is very unhealthy. Like the long run political dynamics that emerge from that type of environment are tilted towards literal wealth confiscation. And that, I mean, that is the path that you go down with this kind of finan- you know, financial engineering and the manipulation of reality by the virtue of cutting the discount rate. It's that's where it goes. You eventually have the Federal Reserve engineering unintended political outcomes. And so, you know, it's a, it's a, it, this will all, it's painful in the moment, and it's going to be a painful several quarters to come. But it, we will emerge from it with a stronger foundation. And we should all hope for that because it's what we ultimately need to create a more stable and cohesive society. And it's not just the other markets, the stock market. It's just risk assets in general have to correct. It just, it just, it's, it's very unhealthy when uh, risk assets go up so much because, you know, there's this thing called the Gini coefficient when the wealthy keep getting wealthier and the bottom two thirds of society don't it becomes very, very, uh, there's lots of civil unrest. All right, let's talk about essentially a version of the shame of the week, uh, but let's talk about something called revenue sharing. Essentially, what I want to talk about is conflicts of interest within our business, within our industry, and I'm not, not specifically Northwest Quadrant, but the financial advice uh, business in general, and it tends to be much worse at the bigger firms. So the Edward Jones, the Morgan Stanleys, the Merrill Lynch, the Ameriprise, those big national firms where they have offices all over the country, they're big firms, thereby they have lots of clout, thereby they can demand things of the products that their advisors offer. And so there's the, the original purpose of say, let's, let's say a Merrill Lynch or a Morgan Stanley uh, was you know, those were investment banks that were would take a company public or help a company raise money. And then they needed the sales force, the brokers, to sell it to the American public. So XYZ company wouldn't want to go public. Uh, Merrill Lynch would underwrite that uh, going public. And then this company would go public. And then these, their brokerage force around the country would sell it to the American consumer. And so it was a, a sort of a good deal. It was a uh, create a capital creation formation deal and and then that's how uh, the american consumer got uh shares in stock and and you know so it sounds quaint and nice and it was uh but it has since evolved to be quite dramatic and now these are revenue sources not just to help sell the product or sell sell the underwriting uh company it's to it's another source of revenue for these firms and so what happens is is um you know a lot of the stocks that let's say a Morgan Stanley unwrites to go public, then go on their recommended list, right? They say, well, this is a great business, uh, and and they they want their clients to buy it. They their analysts make up reports that maybe stretch the truth a little bit about how good the business is, uh, and and then because uh, they want to get future underwriting business. Uh, so there's that conflict of interest. But the bigger one is the products that the advisors sell. There's something called revenue sharing. Uh, so the mutual fund companies. Uh, the annuity companies, the insurance companies that are offered on Edward Jones's platform, Merrill Lynch's platform, Morgan Stanley's platform, Ameriprise platform, they revenue share, meaning some of the management fee or the insurance fee that those companies, like say American Funds or Franken Templeton or, or John Hancock or Hartford, charge the, the clients of Merrill Lynch, they revenue share some of that fee back to Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley. 
to the tune of many, many millions of dollars. So I'm looking uh, Edward Jones's website. You know, American Funds paid paid uh, Edward Jones a hundred million dollars last year to be on their platform, and of course, gets lots get lots of their revenue. Uh, this is the um, this is the Ameriprise. Uh, one MFS paid them $25 million last year uh, in revenue sharing fees. Uh, this is Morgan Stanley. Um, Delaware paid them $42 million in revenue sharing. So what that means is that you, the client of one of those firms, ends up with these companies' products in your account, not because it's the best thing for you, but because of that revenue sharing agreement that's in place. So, you know, Vanguard, their fees aren't high enough to revenue share. So your your account is never going to end up with Vanguard uh, ETFs or funds in there because they're not it's not economical for Merrill Lynch or, or Edward Jones. And so you need to think to yourself, if I'm at one of these big national firms, what funds or products are in my portfolio uh, and why are they in there? And the important thing to know is that they're in there most likely because of a revenue sharing agreement, which means the fee is going to be higher. It's not the best fund or insurance product for you. It's the best for Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley or the firm that sold it to and you. The most fitting, and there's the conflict. The most fitting analogy is imagine being at the doctor's office and getting a particular medicine because that medicine paid the doctor more money than Oh, it happens else. there too, believe it or not. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately. <laughs> All right, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117 or go to our website, Financial Focus, or sorry, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about ESG and greenwashing, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 